You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Good to go. Everybody understands that we are in the middle of a special mitzvah called Sviras Omer. The Svarta Lachemi Mocharas Hashabbos. It's a mitzvah to count the days from Pesach, or more accurately, the day after Pesach, till Shavuos. And um, naturally, one would expect to find, as the Rambam says very clearly, that the mitzvah of Sviras Omer is what we call the mitzvah Sasecha Azman Grama. I don't know how many of your wives or daughters or sisters count Svira. They're certainly allowed to count Svira. Certainly a woman is allowed to do almost all of the mitzvah Sasecha Azman Grama, even though they are potter from sukkah, they're certainly encouraged to do, to sit in the sukkah. And certainly, even though they're potter from blowing shofar, from hearing shofar, they're certainly encouraged to come to shul and to hear shofar. If they can't come to shul, we'll, so about the care, we'll come to um, a woman, even though she's potter from shofar, because it's a mitzvah slishazman grama, so we still encourage a woman to, um, to, to, to hear shofar. Um, but they're not chayiv. And uh, not surprisingly, the Rabbam writes that the mitzvah of Svira Saomer is a mitzvah saseh jazman grama, that women are potter, they can certainly volunteer if they want. It's, it's, a, it's a long mitzvah, it's, it's 49, uh, 49 nights, but they can volunteer and they'll do their best. And, uh, you know, like all of us, this year it's a little bit more difficult when we're used to davening with a minion. It's a lot easier to remember um, to say Svira. Just the other night, I daven Mariv, and I almost went to sleep. And I don't know how I remembered. I said, I don't think, I'm pretty sure I didn't say Sphira, you know. So you have to, it would probably be smart to have some type of reminder on the wall to remind you to say Sphira. I didn't, I didn't have that. So, so Baruch Hashem, we're still going strong. But uh, so it's a long mitzvah, but it's certainly, you know, commendable for a woman who's potter to, to try to say Sphira. Some have some reasons why maybe it's not a good suggestion because, if you're not chayiv to do it, so then maybe you shouldn't start doing it, because if you don't finish, then maybe that could be a problem, possibly the brachal of Atal, but that's not the way the post can assume. Post can assume, generally, they can certainly try, and uh, hopefully we can uh, make it through. That's not surprising. What I said so far is not surprising. We're going to talk tonight about a surprising position, and we're going to try to give two, perhaps, unique answers to explain the shita of the Ramban. The Ramban, in Kedushan Davlamad Dalad, you can take a look. The Ramban, not the Rambam, the Ramban in Kedushan Davlamad Dalad. In, when, when the Gemara there is listing off the different mitzvahs that fall into the category of a mitzvah saseh shehazman grama. And then the Gemara lifts off, lists off a number of mitzvahs that are mitzvahs saseh shalazman grama. For example, the Gemara says, Makeh. The halach is that if a person has a roof, where people could actually be playing ball or spending some time on the roof. Now, obviously, we're not talking about a roof like the ones we have here in Bergenfield because people don't hang out on the roofs. But if you're talking about a flat roof, like the ones that we grew up with, and most of the yeshivas had flat roofs. That's where we used to play punch ball sometimes. So uh, you have to put up a maka. You have to make sure that as the person's running for the ball, he doesn't run right off the building. You have to put up a fence around the, uh, around the top of the building, around the top of the roof. You see, sir? You have to make sure and protect your property. And the Gemara explains that this doesn't just mean a roof. It means you have to be careful that your property is, pro- is, is, is protected so that no one's going to damage themselves on their property, on your property. 
So the Gemara says, that's a mitzvah say that has nothing to do with time. It's a lav's man grama. If you have a roof, it doesn't matter if it's Tishrei, Cheshvan, Kislev, Tevish, Shvat, night, day. You have to put up a That's the halacha. It's nothing to do with time. Time is not the cause of why you're putting up a fence around your roof. It's because if you have a roof, that's, that's the If you live in a house and you have a roof where people can fall off, so then you have to put up a, you have to put up a fence. It's nothing to do with time. So that's an example of a mitzvah sasei, shalavz man grama. That's not surprising. What is very surprising and the Mepharshim bang their heads and try to write and try to figure out different possibilities, Mahalchim suggestions, of the Ramban that says, in that same list, the, the Gemara only gives a list of four or five examples. The Ramban gives another whole bunch of examples of mitzvah cessation, loves mangram, and one of them is Svirasa Omer. Svirasa Omer is a mitzvah sasei, to count the days between Pesach and Shavuos, but women are chayiv because it's lav zman grama. Now, this is obviously surprising because if you have to imagine what's a good example of a mitzvah to say she has zman grama, that time causes and brings about the chayiv of the mitzvah, I think Sfira Salma would be on the top of our list. It's done at a particular period of time. It's from the second day of Pesach till the day before Shavuos. What could be more of a Zman Grama than the mitzvah of Svir HaSaomer? So it's very, very surprising and difficult. And therefore, the Mepharshim have a good time suggesting different answers of why the Rambam would say this. What does the Rambam mean? What's his Svara? What's his logic? What's the logic of the Rambam? So there is a suggestion that we can say as follows. But let's begin with a question that we all know we're going to probably hear about in different shiurim, and maybe even talk about this on Shavuos. Or if you read the Sefer Rus over Shavuos, we'll come into this, uh, this question of, that the halacha is that someone who is from the nation of Moab is not allowed to marry in to the Jewish people. From the nation of Moab, you can't marry into the Jewish people. Now, obviously, even though the Gemara, I mean, I'm sorry, the Torah doesn't say this clearly, so for many years, I was confused about this because the Torah says, Lo yavu, Amoni Moavi Hashem Arolam, that Amoni Moavi cannot come into the Kal Hashem. So before I was learning more, I, you just read the Pasuk, you, you would think that what that means is that an Amoni Moavi cannot convert and they can't come into the Kal Hashem. That's what I would, if you didn't know anything, that's what I would say that the Pasuk means, No. Somebody, you, can, you can accept converts from every single nation, but from Amori Mawavi, they can never convert. So that's not what it means. It's not what it means at all. An Amori can convert, a Mawavi can convert, they can go through Gairus, men, women, children, everybody can convert, whether you're from the nation of Amon or you're from the nation of Moab. <clears throat> there is actually a machlok between Rashi and the Rambam about whether an Amoleki can convert. You know, in Tanakh, we meet, once in a while, we meet someone, we meet the Ger Amaleki. It's a question of what that means. But the Rambam says, an Amaleki can also convert. Everybody, there is no person that's not Jewish that cannot convert and become a Jew. No such thing. Everybody can convert if they want to. The, but th- when the Torah says, Lo Yovo Amoni Omoavi Hashem, it means as follows, that when a Moavi converts, so even though they're, now they're fully Jewish, 
a regular Ben Yisrael cannot marry a Moavi. Someone who's a Jew cannot marry this convert from Moab. So the Gemara has a has a drasha, which has which which went through many generations of arguing about this point. And actually the lineage of David HaMelech came into question because of Rus was, of course, a Giyores from the nation of Moab. So the question is, her great-grandson is David HaMelech? It means David HaMelech is coming from a union from Boaz, who's a Yisrael, who's marrying a convert, a Giyores from Moab. That Torah says you can't do that. So that wouldn't make David not Jewish. It would just make him a psul. He couldn't be a king. So how can David HaMelech be the king if he's coming from a, from a psul yichus? It's not allowed. So they come up with a drasha. I think you may be familiar with the drasha. And that is, now when the Torah says a Moab cannot come in, it doesn't mean anyone from the nation of Moab. It means only the males, not the females. Only the males and not the females. A male convert from Moab cannot marry Abbas Yisrael. But a female convert, a Giyores from Moab, can marry a Yisrael. And therefore, David HaMelech's lineage is fine, it's glad, he could be Melech Yisrael. That's what the Gemara says. So it's very interesting. Where does that come from? What is the source? What is the core of why it should be? We know the Derasha, that a Moab man who converts, cannot marry into the general pool of Kalal Yisrael. But a Moavi, a Moavit, a Moavi woman can convert. That we know. We know the drasha. But now we're asking a question. Why should that be? Why should that be? Why? Where does it come from? Is there, a, is there some type of core or source where that should come from? interesting. I was talking to a close friend of mine who I talk and learning with quite often. I was talking to him today as well. Rabbi Vremel Kivalevich. I think you may have heard me quote him and talk about his uh, ideas and Torahs in, in the Shiurim. And he pointed me to a marsha in Horios Dafyud. Horios Dafyud. Where the marsha says as follows. But before we discuss the marsha, which we'll get to in just 45 seconds, allow me to give the first answer of why a woman would be chayiv in Svira, even though it seems like Svira is a lavzman grammar. Right? That was the original question that we started with. So why should they be chayiv? It sounds like it's a zman grammar. How can you say it's a lavzman grammar? So some of them are farshim, including the modern zman of Moshe Sternbach and other gedolim suggested as follows. I believe this may also appear in Rav Gustman Sefer and Kedushin, Rav of Gustman. And maybe you can suggest and other Mepharshim say similarly as follows. When we say that a woman is potter from a mitzvah sasesh asman grama, that's only talking about those mitzvahs that are mitzvahs on the yachid. Mitzvahs on the yachid. Mitzvahs on the yachid is a mitzvah to shake lulav. Who has a mitzvah to shake lulav? Everybody. Every individual has a mitzvah to shake lulav. Every man has a mitzvah to shake lulav. You have a mitzvah. I have a mitzvah. My sons have a mitzvah. So any mitzvah that's a mitzvah on the yachid, a woman, if it's a zman gram, is potter from those mitzvahs. But there are certain mitzvahs that are not on the yachid. They're on the tzibur. There's a mitzvah to build the base hamigdash. The Rambam says you can't build the base hamigdash at night. 
Ain bonin as beis hamikdash balayla. The Rambam writes the hilchas beis habachira parak aluf. You can't build at night. And then in the same halacha he says, and who's chayiv to build the beis hamikdash? Echad anoshim, beechad noshim. Everybody's chayiv. So all of a farshim ask, it's a stira minei ubei. You can't build the beis hamikdash at night. So then it's not as then it's as mangrama. Why are women chayiv? So the Mepharshim answer, because the building of the Beis HaMikdash is not a mitzvah on you, and it's not on me, it's a mitzvah on Klal Yisrael. So when it comes to Klal Yisrael, so the Tzibur is Chayiv. When the Tzibur is Chayiv, so men and women are both part of the Tzibur, you're not going to say women are putter from a mitzvah Satsibur because it's a Zaman Grama. As a matter of fact, you can't say that because any mitzvah that's on the Tzibur, by definition, has to include the whole Tzibur, which includes women. That means women would... Be chayiv in Sfirah Sa'omer. Why? Because Sfirah Sa'omer is tied to the carbon mincha Sa'omer. And since it's tied to a carbon, you have to count from the moment that the, or the night, that the, the, the night of the day where the carbon mincha Sa'omer is brought. At the day that you bring the Omer. From the day that you bring the Omer is when you have to count. And since the carbon is a mitzvah on the tzibor, not on the yachid, so a woman's going to be chayiv in Zman Grama. Why? Because that's not really a Zman Grama that we're talking about. That's not Toloi Bisman. It's Toloi on the carbon, which is the Tzibor. And anything that's chayiv on the Tzibor, a woman's chayiv as well. That's the first answer that we can suggest of why a woman would be chayiv in Svirasa Omer. Ah, it's a Zman Grama. So the answer is, it's not a Zman Grama that they're potter from. It's a Zman Grama because Zman Grama the bottom is only on the Yachid, but a mitzvah that's on the Tzibor, women would be chayiv. Now, based on that, we can quote a Marsha. Now, you might be hearing a little bit of an issue or a problem with that approach. If you do, you could, usually I say put your thumbs up, you could put your thumbs down. You don't have to put your thumb anywhere. We'll discuss the problem in a few minutes. But if you're thinking that it doesn't, it's not glut, we'll suggest another approach in a moment. But let's just start with the following. If you understand that a woman is chayv in this mitzvah, because it's a mitzvah of the tzibur, and the only time women are potter from zman grama is when it's a mitzvah hayachid, not a mitzvah hatzibur, which makes a lot of sense. That if it's on the tzibur, so obviously the whole tzibur has to be chayv, otherwise it wouldn't be a mitzvah hatzibur. So that by definition includes a woman. So if that's true, we can understand a little bit further what the Gemara and Hario says. Gemara says as follows. Gemara says as follows. Lot had relations with his daughters. And from that union, from those unions came Amon Umov. Moab came from the union of Lot and one of his daughters. So the Gemara says as follows. Lot, his kavana was not L'shem Shemaim. His kavana was for his own pleasure. He was junk, but he, he knew... Lot's daughter's kavana was l'shem shamayim. Lot's kavana was l'shem was not l'shem shamayim. His kavana was le'avera, and Lot's daughter's kavana was l'shem shamayim. Now the Gemara says this. You may have heard of an absolutely frightening story that is brought down in the biography of Rav Moshe Feinstein. Rav Moshe Feinstein was born, I believe, in 1895. So Rav Moshe, when he was already in his early 20s, was the Rav of a city in Russia by the name of Luban. In Luban, he was, I think this took place 
this took, I, I read this took place nine, about 100 years ago, 98 years ago. 98 years ago, about 100 years ago, he was 27 years old, a young Rav, a young Gon. And there was someone in this community that became very ill, very, very sick. So Rav Moshe came to visit the Chayla, and the Chayla saw the Rav, he saw Rav Moshe, he asked everyone else to leave the room. Now this person was very ill, very sick, there was something wrong with his throat, his tongue, and uh, they didn't know what was going to be. And his family was there, he asked everyone to leave the room. And he told Rav Moshe, except for Rav Moshe, he told Rav Moshe, I know why this is happening to me, and I'm going to die because of it. This is brought down in the biography written in the, in the Hagdama to the Igros Moshe, that Rav Moshe himself told over the story many times to his children. It's a frightening story. And uh, he says, what, what, what's going on? He goes, last night, or two nights ago, last week, the last week was Parshas Vayera, and uh, I was making a bizayon of the daughters of Lot. He said, how could it be that these women did such a terrible avla, did such a terrible avera to live with their father. And how could they be zorcha that, that, uh, that Rus and David HaMelech should come from them? It's a busha harpa. And he was machavek, he was making a bezayon from the daughters of Lot. So Rav Moshe told over that this man told him that a few nights ago, the daughters of Lot came to him in a dream. Somehow he knew these were the daughters of Lot. They introduced themselves. And they said to him, you should know that you're making fun of us, but we were L'shem Shemayim. See, our, we were out in some cave somewhere. And if we didn't name our children Moab, which is clearly from the father, it says this baby is from my father. Moab means from my father. And this man was making fun, and they called the baby Moab, like such a bizarre, you're going to say, the name of my child is that this child is from my father, a mamzer. A mamzer, basically, I'm calling my kid Mamzer. That's a good name. I'll call my kid Mamzer. I'll call my kid Moab, Mayav. So they were making fun. He was making fun. So the daughter said, you should know that we were concerned. The reason why we named him Moab, we were concerned that people are going to say that this child was born not from a man. Not from a man. Because there was no one in the cave except for the father. So who could he possibly be born from? It must be that it was born not from a man. And as a result of that, a new religion is going to begin, is going to start from such a concept. That's why we did it. We were the shame Shemayim. And the man turned his face to the wall and he passed away. That's brought down in Adama to the Igros Moshe. It's frightening. Frightening. One thing you'll learn from here is not to say negative things about the daughters of Lot. Right? That's that's. Let's start with that. From now on, no negativity about Benos Lot. But my friend said as follows. Rabbi Vremel explained as follows. But let's give another introduction. Again, we're going to pull the whole thing together. Why is it, I'm going to ask a very simple question. Why is it that when it comes to figuring out which Shevet a person in Klai belongs to, it goes by the father. And why when it comes to determining whether a child is Jewish or not, does it go by the mother? Now, this is something that we have 
been thinking about our whole lives. No? When it comes to determining the Jewishhood of a person, if the mother's Jewish, Jewish. I remember when I was working in computers, I was uh, friendly with uh, one of my coworkers. His name was Josh Levine. I once called him Josh Levine. He almost, uh, he almost killed me. Don't call me Levine. It's Levine. And he said, but don't worry. I'm also, I'm half Jewish. My father is Jewish. My mother's not. I'm half Jewish. I wasn't going to be the one to tell him that he wasn't Jewish. Unless he let me call him Levine. And then for sure, there'd be a problem. So it's better to call him. When I found out he wasn't Jewish, I said, you know what? Your name should be Levine, not Levine. Good. So if a person's mother is Jewish, he's Jewish. If a person's mother, there's no such thing as half Jewish. Why is that? Why is it that determining Yahadus goes by the mother? But when it comes to determining the detail of Kohen, Levi, Israel, when it comes to Ruven, Shimon, Yehuda, Don, Naphtali, why does that go by the father? When it comes to the Mishpacha, it goes by the father. When it comes to the Yahadus, it goes by the mother. I don't know. It's a good question. The Babach Rebbe explains as follows. A woman, by definition, is more connected to the Klolius of the mitzvahs. They're more connected to Amuna, Bitochon, and Yadam of Yerush Shemayim, Avas Hashem. So when it comes to, that doesn't mean that every woman and every man fits into this category, but the energy of that energy, the, woman's en- the woman brings to the world that Yisod of the Klolius of Klal Yisrael, of the mitzvahs to Medios. They're much more connected to those mitzvahs than we are. The betachon and amun is always by the women. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. It's noshim Yisrael The men would sit there. The women had faith. Miriam is the one who brings out the, uh, the tambourine because she knew there was going to be miracles. Women are more connected to the klolius, the klolim. Therefore, when it comes to the klal, to the question of the klal, the most general question, is a person Jewish or not, goes by the mother. That's the mother's field. When dealing with the details, dealing with the pratim, Kohen, Levi, Yisrael, the Yiduchen, the Yinatuchen, do you work in the base of Middash, do you not work in the base of Middash, where do you live, where's your, where's your Nachala? That's already the pratim, that the men bring that koyach. Again, each one can bring both kochos, but the in general, the woman is given that that you sow, the woman's given that ability, the woman's given that power to bring, to decide who's Jewish, who's not, because they're more connected to the klal. And men, on the other hand, are more connected to the prat. Therefore, the Rebbe explains that for that reason, <clears throat> they're putter from Zman Gromis. They are putter from Zman Gromis. Because the Zman, Zman, by definition, means limiting. It's at a particular period of time. If you try to eat matzah tonight, you're not getting a mitzvah. Therefore, I wouldn't suggest that you eat matzah tonight. Right? So, when it comes to zman, therefore women are part of from zman That's how the Rebbe explains the patur zman by women. Very interesting. By the way, lefizeh, we could sort of understand a little bit now that their dafka, when it comes to the mitzvos Hatzibur, when it comes to the mitzvahs of the tzibur, of course a woman's going to be chayiv in those mitzvahs. 
Because not only is a woman, when it comes to the tzibur, when it comes to the klolim, of course a woman's involved. Of course a woman's a part of the tzibur. Therefore, if there's a mitzvah on the tzibur, a woman has to be high, whether it's a zmangram or not. Let's come back to Rabbi Vremel. The Marsha explains that for this reason, that for this reason, <clears throat> that for this reason, the Marsha says, the Benos Lot were mechaven le mitzvah because their focus was klalidik. Their focus was yishuv ha'olam. They weren't focused on the taiva of the moment. They were thinking about the world. So because they are more connected to the klal of the olam, to the betterment of, to the, to the amuna, to the bitachon, to yishuv ha'olam, therefore they were mechaven le mitzvah. Therefore, the marshal explains, and as a result of that, when a Moavit converts, they can marry in. But Lot, who did not have Kavana Lemitzvah, had Kavana Laveira, so the result of Moav, the problem, the issue, the Aveira of Lo Yavo Moav, the Kalashem, only applies to Lot's, to Lot's, um, to, Lot, to, to the males, not to the females. That's how the Marshal explains this. Now, Lefizet, let's just go back for a moment. We could explain a little bit why women would be chayiv in Svirah Saomer. Because it's a mitzvah's hatzibur. And we mentioned that when it's a mitzvah's hatzibur, even if it's a zman grama, women are going to be chayiv because when it comes to the tzibur, they're for sure connected to the tzibur. They're a fundamental yesod of the entire tzibur. Matter of fact, the entire tzibur is made up because of the fact that children are born to the women and they make up the tzibur. So that anytime there's a tzibur type mitzvah, women are going to be chayv. Now the problem with this approach of explaining the Ramban is that this approach basically says that this mitzvah of Svirasama is really a zman grama. It's really a zman grama. But since it's a zman grama on the tzibur, they're chayv. Does everybody hear that? Really, it's a, it's a zman grama. It's, at, it's, it's taking place at a particular period of time. But since it's, 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 it's the, since, since they're part of the tzibur, they're chayim. You wouldn't call that a lav zman grama unless you say as follows. And this is what some of the mafarshim say. No. The purpose or the of the cause of the mitzvah of sphira, is not the time between Pesach and Shavuos. It's the carbon ha'omer that's brought. It's the tzibur that comes together to bring this carbon, and this carbon sets off a chiv for the people to start counting. So it's not totally on the zman, it's totally on the carbon, which is totally on the tzibur. So it's lav's mangrama, but it's the tzibur that's gar. it's the carbon that's garim the chiv to count. It happens to be that it's done at a certain time, but it's the carbon that's mechai of the mitzvah of Svirasov. Okay, that's one approach. That's not the main thought for the night. That was the introduction. By the way, that's half a joke. It's not a full joke. That's like half a joke. But the main answer that I wanted to suggest, although maybe a little shorter, but it's a very interesting answer, will explain as follows. When, 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 when my wife and I first got married, we were living in Queens, in Kew Garden Hills, about three blocks away from the Arachayim Yeshiva. So at night, I used to learn in Arachayim. And, um, and 
Then when 9-11 took place, I lost, I was working in computer programming and I lost my job and my wife, Lily gave birth to uh, twins. We had the twins and, um, and they were in the hospital for a while. So I had just gotten laid off. The babies were in the hospital. They were born as preemies. So after a week or two, when things calmed down a little bit, we weren't going to the hospital every day. So what we, our schedule was as follows. My wife would go into the hospital early in, in the morning and stay there the whole day. I would learn for about four or five hours in the morning in Shiva Sorachayim. I wasn't looking for a new job. And then I'd go to the hospital afterwards and join my wife and we'd come back together. That was the basic schedule. Once we got into, my daughter was in the hospital for four months. So we had, I had four months of good learning in Orachayim. And I'd come afterwards to go to the hospital. <clears throat> so Orachayim has some wonderful Russian yeshiva there. One Russian yeshiva, I don't know if he's still there. His name was Mordechai Kraus. I used to talk to him and learning a lot. And as much as I could. And I remember discussing this sugi with him. <clears throat> the sheet of the Ramban. Why is it, or how is it, that the Ramban could say that Svira Saomir is a lav's man grama? Of course it's a zman grama. It's a zman grama. It's the time between Pesach and Shavuot. That zman is Gorim, is, is the Machayev of, of the midst of Svira. How can you say it's a lav's man grama? Everybody hear the question. That's what we've been talking about the last uh, 20 minutes, half hour. 30 minutes. 33 minutes. So Rav Kraus told me the following thought. He said <clears throat> that he heard of the name of Rav Chaim. He said a very, what we call a tifa vart, a very deep idea, a very, I would say a harifa vart, a very sharp thought. Rav Chaim said as follows. I'm going to say the way I heard it, and then we're going to explain it. And then we're going to explain why a woman's chayv and sphira. How come it's not a lav, a lav's mangrama? Let me just tell you the line from Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim said that sphira is not a zmangrama. Zman is not goreim the chayv to count. The zman is the chefza ha-mitzvah itself. Zman's not the Mechaev of the mitzvah, it's the Cheftzah mitzvah. Let's explain what Reb Chaim meant. It's interesting that Reb Kook was a bit younger than Reb Chaim. He was a Talmud in Volozhin. Reb Avram Yisrael Kohen Kook, the first chief rabbi of Israel, was a Talmud in Volozhin. From Griba. I think that's how you pronounce it. Griba, Griba. He was the goan, the young goan. He knew so much at such a young age. Rab Chaim, when he would prepare his shiurim, he would first go over the shiurim with a few choice bacharim, and he'd go over svaris back and forth. He'd tell them they would sort of prepare the shiurim together. And then uh, he would go and give the shir to the rest of the yeshiva. So one of those bacharim that Rab Chaim used to have a special connection with was Rav Kook. Rav Kook as a, probably a, a 17, 18, 19 year old with Reb Chaim, who was at the time probably 28, 29, maybe 30 years old. He was a, a young Rosh Hashiva Reb Chaim. So, um, you know, the Reb Kook was much more connected to the Nitziv. He felt that the learning of the Nitziv was more poshut. There was more glat. There were sources. There were ideas. It was, it was, it was, it was Makoros Reb Chaim. He would give him a halach, a pshat. It was like a, it was, it was like a shooting star. 
It was like, whoa, yesh me'ayin, Reb Chaim's, that's what they, in those days, I think Reb Shechter always tells us, you can read it in the history books, they used to call Reb Chaim the chemist. And when he first came to the Jewish four, his chakiras were so sharp, he was like, he was, he was like in the laboratory, they used to call him the, chem, the, the professor, the chemist. It took a while for his style to, to, take, uh, to take hold until finally the whole world caught fire with Reb Chaim's Torah. Reb Chaim explains as follows, Sfira Saomer, the Zman's not Mechayev you to count. The Zman is the Chefza mitzvah. Let's explain. Sukkis, there's a date on the calendar that's Tesvav Tishrei. When Tesvav Tishrei rolls around, that is a Zman, that's a time. When you, when you find yourself in that time of Tesvav Tishrei, so that requires you to sit in the sukkah. That's what Tesvav Tishrei does. Tesvav Tishrei, Sukkot, you got to sit in the Sukkot. When Aleph Tishrei rolls around, that requires you to blow shofar. That's, what, that's, that's the way it works. When Tesvav Nisan comes around, the time, the Zman of Pesach, requires you to eat matzah. <coughs> that's Zman Grama. When there's a Zman, <coughs> Excuse me. When there's a zman that comes and tells you, oh, you find yourself in this zman, you got to do X, Y, Z. Sphira is not that at all, Rabbi Chaim explains. Sphira is that a person is not chayiv to count when he happens to be in the time of Sphira Saomer. The mitzvah is to count the zman of Sphira Saomer. You have to look at the Zman of Sirius Omer, almost like a, like a luluf. We have to shake a luluf. You have to count this time. Now, it's true it happens during a period of time, but it's the opposite of a Zman Grama. A Zman Grama is the Zman takes control over you and tells you you have to shake luluf. You have to sit in the sukkah. But during Sira, the opposite happens. We count the Zman. We take control of the Zman. Zman Grama means the Zman, in a certain sense, takes control of us and tells us what we have to do. By Sphira, we grab the Zman by the horns and we count it. The Zman is not the Chiyav, the, the Zman's not the Machayev of the Mitzvah. The Zman is the Chefzah Mitzvah. <clears throat> Sukkis, Shofar, Pesach, the Zman requires me to do something. Sphira, I control the Zman. Other mitzvahs, Zman Grama, the Zman controls me or requires me to do something. That's what Reb Chaim said. That's what Reb Kraus explained. He didn't give the whole Hezber. But this is my understanding of what I'm hearing from Reb Kraus 20 years ago. <clears throat> so now that Sphira is not that the Zman is a Grama. The Zman's not Mitzvah Seisha Azman Grama. The Zman causes the mitzvah. Here, the Zman's not causing the mitzvah. The Zman is the mitzvah. The mitzvah is to count the Zman. So that a woman is chayiv. Why? So I think the Hezber could be something quite simple. <clears throat> that time should control or tell the woman, the Isha, the Nashim, what to do. Baba Chareb said, 
And this is brought down in other Svarim as well. Rabbi Aaron Soloveitchik says the same thing in the logic of the heart, logic of the mind. He writes, the women are above Zman. They're higher than, they're higher than that place. They're not able to be, they're from a place that's in the world of the Klolem of Klaisol, if we can go back to the Rebbe before. And therefore, you're gonna, there's going to be a mitzvah that's totally in a detail of Zman that's going to tell the Isha what to do. Excuse me, women are parted from that. Zman's not goreim, a woman, to do anything. They're above that. But now we're talking about something else. We're talking about getting control over the Zman. Well, of course the woman should be chayiv in that. Just like we're chayiv in that. You have to get control. Take control of the Zman in preparation for Kabbalah Sator. But now we can understand a second answer. One answer of why it's a lav Zman grama is because it's a mitzvah satzibur. Mitzvah satzibur. It's totally on the tzibur. It's totally on the carbon. It's not totally on the Zman. And therefore, anything that has to do with the tzibur, of course the woman's chayiv in. Matter of fact, the women are the ones responsible for the <clears throat> for for the mitzvah. So of course they have a mitzvah satzibur. <clears throat> the other answer we're giving is that women are putter, they're exempt from those mitzvahs that are caused by time. Because that would mean that they're being told that the time of the year is telling them, is guiding them. What to do? The answer is no. Women are not told what to do. They're not chayv in mitzvahs that are zman grama. They're beyond that. They're, they're past that. For whatever reason, we gave a reason that they're above it. But when it comes to a mitzvah like Sfira Saomer, that it's not that they're being that we're being controlled by this mind. It's actually the opposite. We are not being controlled by this time. We are taking control of this time by counting it. Counting means taking control over it means holding it and saying, we're going to take control of his mind. That a woman is chayim, just like a man. And of course, in preparation for Kabbalah Satara, for Shavuos, which we'll talk about more Agarita and Machshava next week, and certainly the week right before Shavuos, the idea is <clears throat> that as we come closer to Yom Tov Shal Shavuos, Man Matan Torah our goal or our job perhaps is to see how we can better maximize and control our time in our Vodas Hashem. So I hope you enjoyed. And Mitz Hashem, we'll continue next. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.